Money Sense is brought to you by the Ellenbecker Investment Group, three-time recipient of the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for Business Ethics and Integrity. The Ellenbecker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to ellenbecker.com. Listen to Money Sun Saturdays at 2 p.m. and Sundays at noon. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I am the founder of EIG and a senior wealth advisor. And it has been such a pleasure. I, I love to do the radio show. And every time I think about it, we've been doing this radio show for over 30 years. And one of the really important factors about it was that we always wanted to provide information and to lift up our listeners so that they felt really that they could make qualified decisions around their investments, opposed to selling any type of an investment over the air. And in 30 plus years, we have never sold anything on the air. And that has been a real commitment that I made when I started doing Money Sense. And in light of all the education that we want to provide, as we've grown, so have the needs of our clients. And as we start to work with our clients, we recognize that there are special areas of interest that are really important for us to help our clients with. And we have several different groups within Ellen Becker Investment Group, such as an individual who really focuses on special needs. We also have someone that focuses on divorce, estate planning, insurance, taxes, and retirement planning, all of the things that you might need for your own personal life or for your business and helping you to determine how to get your employees to save and, of course, how you can save. One of the other areas that we recognize as being very important, of course, is our houses. For many of our clients, their house is their biggest investment. And when we start to look at what that means in terms, terms of right now, the short term, but also the long term, we feel very blessed to have J- had Jamie Williams join our team almost two years ago. And not only has he joined EIG, but he's part of my team, <laughs> which is really exciting. In fact, um, there have been so many opportunities to grow and to understand what our clients really need particularly during this difficult time of COVID. And so, Jamie, I want to introduce you, Jamie Williams. Um, He is also a wealth advisor for Ellen Becker Investment Group. And one of the things that he helps all of us on is when we have a client that we really want to dig deeper into their home mortgages, financing, buying a house, their kids buying houses. And so, Jamie, I would like it if you could just give a little bit of your background in the whole idea of home finance and all the things that are pertinent to that. Thank you, Karen. It's great to be on the show. So, of course, yes, being part of EIG the last couple of years has been, you know, really a great experience for me, especially as we've had an opportunity to you know, get to know so many clients, get to know their special, unique needs. Uh, one of the things, you know, obviously that, that we always want to try to do for our clients is help them understand where they're at, you know, not only from a perspective of retirement planning or where they're at with needs from their family point of view, cash flow is so important, but also how to structure things for them in terms of their long-term lending. Credit, you know, credit's a very fascinating 
area of finance that, you know, many financial advisors are familiar with it, but I can say for the most part, a lot of financial people out there don't always necessarily understand it. Uh, from an underwriting standpoint, from a structure standpoint, the different types of credit that exist out there. And most importantly, is it the right thing to do? Should people be taking out loans or financing uh, things, whether they can afford it, maybe they should not consider it. So there's so many different areas to, to focus on in on that. You know, Jamie, one of the things that is so important when we look at any business, and I always look at my client's portfolio as it's their business. And we look at it in terms of you've been saving your whole life to grow this business. And then at the point of retirement, you want to start taking income out of that portfolio. Or you want to take, just like most business owners think, you know, we've had a really good year. I want to take an extra little bonus out of the portfolio. But it really does depend a lot on taxes, where you can take those dollars from. And so often we start this whole conversation around cash flow because cash flow is the one thing that undermines a good business. And it's the same thing with our clients. If they haven't figured out where their cash flow is going to come from in retirement, they could be taxed like crazy. And Uncle Sam becomes their biggest beneficiary. So why don't we start right now with one of the ideas um, just about lending practices. So someone right now is looking and we're thinking, and it's true, interest rates are so low. And should people consider refinancing? And sometimes they'll say, well, we might sell our house or I don't know, it's so much work and there's points involved. And I don't know if I want to go through that process. And one of the things that I always say is, you know, people always say, oh, what's one pound of weight to lose? Well, I look at it as it's four sticks of butter. I mean, one pound is a lot. And so one percentage in interest rates over time can make a big difference. Just like one pound, two pounds, three pounds. Pretty soon you've got five pounds that you've lost and you've got five pound stacks of butter there. Makes a whole big difference. The same is true when you're thinking about interest and you're thinking about how much you can save by lowering the cost of your mortgage. And then also you have now more cash flow. Yes, for sure. You know, it's interesting, the concept of time value of money, you know, the idea that today a dollar is worth what we know it to, for its purchasing power and ability to buy a gallon of milk or, you know, whatever the case may be, right? But over time, the value of a dollar is going to obviously, you know, get smaller because of inflation and interest rates play so much into our ability to utilize not only our, our houses, but also, you know, for our businesses or other things that we might look to want to use as a, as collateral for some sort of loan instrument. Um, you know, that when we look at the difference between someone buying a home for their first time and what it might take in order to get over the hurdle to not only get through the process, but come up with enough money so that they don't have to pay additional costs for private mortgage insurance or, you know, some of the things that are really kind of key to look at versus somebody who's in their wealth maturity state or their wealth accumulation phase, their uh, 
getting to a place in their financial life where they could pay off a mortgage or decide to continue with it. And therefore, you know, I always look at it as a tool and it's part of the planning. We often look mostly at the asset side of the balance sheet. We, we don't always look at the liability side as often. And I think it's important when we sit down and, and talk to our clients about their situation, I can tell you how, how often we come across scenarios where they're still paying four and a half or 5% on a mortgage. And it might be a small mortgage, 10, uh, maybe 100,000 or somewhere in that range, but it would still make a lot of sense to consider it. So, you know, uh, Albert Einstein always said that the eighth wonder of the world is the uh, power of compounding interest, right? And that would be one of the things that would be important for anyone to revisit on a regular uh, basis. Jamie, so often someone will be thinking about um, purchasing a new house and they have a home to sell. Sometimes it's their dream house, um, late in retirement, uh, maybe they're not working and they're looking at the possibility of building a new home. What are some of the things that you can mention that people should consider? So one of the areas that I see, often people don't want to give you money if you don't have income coming in. Absolutely, Karen. So that's a huge consideration for so many clients from a cash flow perspective. They need to really kind of plan for that. And I think that's where really working with the right people comes into play, working with the right professionals that can help evaluate whether or not it would make sense for them from a cash flow standpoint, but also from a structure where, how are they going to support a loan in terms of what the banks are requiring for documentation and underwriting? Um, let's face it. I mean, we all went through the financial crisis or many of us did, and we know how banks have tightened their credit policies. And so therefore, when we enter those ideas or thoughts about putting something like that in place, it would definitely make sense to sit down and work with the right people. Some of the things that I know for people to consider is very often um, they have two houses. They have one house that they've been living in. They now want to build another one. There's always that decision to be made. Should I um, sell and then rent? You know, what should I do in terms of um, the lending process. And I know that there are several different types of programs that people can utilize when they're looking at building something and owning something. But where a lot of people seem to get caught up is when we look at where their money is invested. So an example would be, I had a client come in a few years ago and wanted to build a big house, you know, a million five, I think it was. And he had a retirement portfolio of almost $4 million. And he was all excited. And, and this was a potential client, actually. And he was all excited and kind of wanted to just look at some of the numbers. Well, the entire, almost the entire $4 million was in a retirement account. And if he was going to take out three or $400,000 to build this house, it was going to cost him almost 450000 because he had to pay tax on that money. And so what you had said earlier was people need to plan in advance for that. So what he didn't understand was that he had a lot of money, but he really couldn't get his hands on it without making Uncle Sam such a big beneficiary. If we'd have had maybe 
seven or eight years to plan and he had been retired, but he had also just retired. And so even though he had a little bit of cash in his first startup house that they had kept all these years, their big dream was to build this wonderful dream house. It was almost virtually impossible for them to do that. Yeah, avoiding taxes, that's one of the biggest challenges and why I've, you know, when we talk with people about their tax situation in terms of their asset holdings, you know, the tax deferred piece, because people invest mostly in tax deferred in the beginning, they're not educated enough on saving outside of that, whether it's a tax-free scenario using a Roth or perhaps maybe just funding their individual or trust accounts and planning ahead is the biggest piece because a bank is not going to be able to collateralize an IRA or a retirement account. It's just something that cannot be done based on the IRS rules. So with regard to those types of credits, um, we I have some contacts that I've worked with over the years that have a way to look at that as an alternate cash flow or a means to support a debt service based on their net worth and their ability to pay. Um, so it really kind of comes down to, you know, make sitting down, making the right decision, putting a plan in place and kind of talking through what is capable versus what is, uh, you know, making a snap decision or a quick judgment call. So let's take a break. And when we come back, let's look at, um, and I, we could talk about a client that was, we worked on just recently. They had like five different houses and a variety of different interest rates. And we were able to consolidate some of those loans and choose the right home to have the majority of that leasing on. And it wasn't dependent on the house here. It was dependent on, she had homes in other, other parts of the state and she had homes out of state. And so it was really looking at where's your best tax advantage. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I'm the founder of Ellenbecker Investment Group and a senior wealth advisor. My guest today is Jamie Williams. Jamie is part of my team at EIG. And one of the values, all of our advisors, of course, bring value, but each and every one of them has a special area that they've focused on. And Jamie has focused on banking and real estate and lending. And it has really been an advantage because we always want to be able to give our clients the best advice to lay out all of their options so that they can make the decision on the one that feels best for them. And Jamie, let's just talk a little bit about my last example of someone who had all of these houses and they had some out of state, they had some in state, and they hadn't really looked at their mortgages for a very long time. And the companies that they were with never even raised the issue. Most definitely. So we're always discovering opportunities to help people in different areas that in many cases, they don't know that they can benefit. So at that example that you mentioned, Karen, in particular, we asked to gather all of the mortgage statements that she had for multiple houses. And we started going through it and saying, wow, this one's at 
one and a half to two percent higher than what the going rates are now. Here's another one that's one percent higher, and here's another one. Well, the mortgage balances were relatively manageable, and in some cases, the properties were income properties or they were second homes or vacation homes, that type of thing. What we're able to do is just really identify what the equivalent rates are across the entire portfolio of loans and say, let's just blend this entire rate scenario into as if it were one rate. And so we did that. We also learned of some commercial loans that were out there too. So keeping that in perspective, we we're able to identify that she's being, paying about one and a half to 2% higher than the current average going rates on nearly a million dollars in outstanding loans. So, you know, we kind of took a step back and said, well, are there any prepayment penalties on these? We re really need to understand that. Are these conventional lenders? They were, they were kind of spread out amongst a few different banks and finance companies. And so essentially what we did is we identified we could save, you know, a significant amount of interest, but also restructure cash flow. And from a cash flow perspective, one of the mortgage lenders that we chose to work with educated us on the fact that she could recast one of her loans after she paid it down. So we ended up raising some cash through the refinance. We paid off a property that she had purchased that she had used some cash resources for. And then Beyond that, paid down a couple of the other loans to a very manageable amount. And now she's structured with a couple loans at a great rate, homes that she's going to keep for a long time. And there will be no need for her to really look at readdressing this for any length of time to come. So, I mean, it, it's just one of those scenarios where, you know, if we can save someone, you know, in the range of ten dollars to $12,000 annually in interest, it really makes sense to do that. Yes. I mean, that is a lot of money, just like a pound of butter. <laughs> it's a lot of money. And sometimes we don't really know or think that all that will add up. And one of the other things that I want to say to Jamie is that we don't actually do the loans within Ellen Becker Investment Group, but you have amazing contacts that you have developed throughout your career of doing mortgage lending and um, and banking. And we do not share revenue in any one of the subset areas that we specialize in. We do not share revenue with anyone. We are there specifically to get the best information that we possibly can for our clients. And this is really falls completely under the fee that we charge for money management. Yeah, that's absolutely right, Karen. So there are Going back in my history, I, I was very fortunate to learn of an opportunity to work for a bank at a young age in high school. And it's interesting that, you know, starting as a bank teller, working your way up to a bank manager and then getting into commercial banking um, over time and learning all the different areas of lending, you you really become versed in the different types of credits that are out there, uh, whether it's a commercial loan scenario. and you know, is that somebody who has an owner-occupied commercial building for their business that they run and operate? Or is that an investment property? It's an apartment building, or maybe they rent a center. Um, we now have been witness to what happened this past year with PPP loans and the SBA. That is a very 
specific type of credit origination. So people really need to use their resources and, and do some research to find out a starting point. So recently, I was in a meeting with the daughter of an existing client of ours, and she had some questions. Her and her fiance are going to be starting up a company, and uh, it's related to a specific industry. And it was very interesting to know what research they had done and what research that they had yet to do. And they're pretty far into it right now. And I was able to provide some contacts in the area of the, the SCORE, Service Corps of Retired Executives, can help with business planning. You know, Karen, I know you were involved with some nonprofits in Milwaukee that could also provide some guidance around business areas and initiatives and funding also, WIBIC. Uh, so there's resources out there for these different scenarios for people to really leverage and begin what may be their life goal or their their path of success for the future. BizStars is a great one to contact too because they have started up lending for small startup companies. They used to work with the gazelles, the you know, the high-paced um, um, startups, but now because of COVID and all the things that are going on, they've really um, focused more on smaller cottage industries and individuals that want to start businesses. So Wibic um, score, biz starts. There's so many different options. And, you know, it's often the people, you know, and that's one of the things that we really pride ourselves in is that we've built such good referral situations, um, with the people in the community so that when someone does have a problem or has an issue or has a concern, we can identify it and we can help them have a resource to deal with it not just say, well, here's a problem. We can't help you. We don't do that sort of thing. And then people are left kind of high and dry, but we try to have our clients backs. We try to be there for them. Um, it's more like, I remember someone once saying that, you know, you can stand on the shore and throw your tube to someone who's drowning, but you can also get in and help them. <laughs> and we really look at ourselves as, the kind of company who gets right into the muck with our clients and really help them figure out where they're at. You know, Jamie, we were talking a little bit earlier uh, about having homes outside of the state. And I know that was another client that we just recently worked with who had a home, um, not in Wisconsin, but in another state as well as Florida. And there were some tricky things going on there. Other thing, she does not have any children She's a single person with no kids, no, no children, no spouse, and um, is really looking out for herself. Absolutely. So it's really a life play, right? And the people often that we work with have, they've owned businesses, they were able to be successful, you know, at a certain age and now have choices that they need to make in life. And in this particular case, having a residence in Florida and having one in the Midwest was really kind of a decision process for her to identify where she wants to spend the next phase of her life. You know, she's semi-retired now and a professional and in a position to say, does it make sense for me to refinance my home and maybe sell it later and purchase something else or build something else? Or should I wait? And through that process, working with the right mortgage professionals that have multi-state access to lending capabilities, whether it's Florida or, you know, Midwest or 
California, any of those locations, we were able to come up with a plan for her and decide ultimately that she should stay put right now and not do anything and hold off, but be confident with her plan, not spend the money to refinance on the current home, possibly sell that home in the fall, pay down a mortgage in Florida, and then be in a position to, again, you know, get a new loan on the property she would buy at a point in time later in her life. So these things aren't clear cut. No one size fits all. We do have to rely on working with people and throwing out ideas in order to come up with the best strategies. Jamie, we're going to take a quick break. And there's two different areas that I would like to cover. Since homes are such a big part of people's lives, you know, they often wonder, should I sell? Should I keep it? But one of the things that they don't ask themselves is if I'm going to sell my house later on, and if I've got this home that's paid up, how can that help us to determine and to think about their cash flow? And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. My guest today is Jamie Williams. He is a wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. He is also on my team. And today we're talking about mortgage lending and just kind of talking about a lot of variety of different things to help you identify if you might see yourself in one of these, please feel free to give us a call at 262-691-3200. And if it's on mortgage lending or anything, you know, you could be, feel free to give Jamie a call and he'd be happy to help you out. You know, Jamie, one of the things that comes up all the time is that we have clients who have really paid off their house over time and they're really excited about their house being paid off. But the one thing that I always say is you can't eat your house. And so a lot of times they have an expensive home and they've saved in their retirement accounts, but they really don't have a lot of extra cash on hand. And we have a program that we use that is a retirement planner where I often say to people, what do you want to do with your house? Now, my parents, when they died, they absolutely had the decision that they were going to pass on the funds from selling their house to their children. My father on his deathbed made my mother promise that she would do that. Now, in reality, that was not a good thing to do because my mother needed the money to live. I mean, that was something that she needed, but that was sort of their um the way they thought about it, because neither one of them inherited anything from their parents. And one of their goals was to make sure that their kids got something. (laughs) And in my dad's mind, the house was the something because it was a thing that he could count on. He could see a dollars and cents and their home was paid for. But for many people, we look at that home and we say, when will you sell that house or what does it look like? And they, if they say, well, I'm going to stay in the house until maybe I'm 70 or 80 years old, we look at that home as having a certain amount of money that right now they can't spend. The only way they can spend it is if they sell it. So one of the things we can do is we can project out to the future. We can take the value of that home. Let's say it's 350,000 or 400,000 and we can put it in at age 80 and we can look at what their current amount of money, their cash flow is. And you can only imagine if we insert $350,000 somewhere down the road, they can spend more now. And it's really exciting to see a client say, how much can I spend now? You can spend this much if you are 
certain that down the road, you're going to sell that house. And if it doesn't have to go to anyone, and so many people say, you know, I've done a lot for my kids. If they get something, it's good. But I want to make sure that our lifestyle is protected. And then on the other hand, you can look at that 350000 when you're 60, 80 years old, maybe 75, 80, 85 years old, and say that might be your down payment on a retirement home. So it's looking at that home under a microscope and really asking the questions that most people don't even know to ask about what does this home mean to you today or in the future? And if I could give you the cash from your house, would you want it for your cash flow? And so often the answer is yes, of course. And Jamie, the analysis that you do. Yes, absolutely. And that software that we use that helps model those scenarios is so key because we often find people want to downsize or change their location in retirement. And, you know, the idea around that is we always are going to have to replace it with something, right? If they're in a position where they want to now move into an, you know, a level of care facility or a condo or a different home altogether that might be more suited for their needs, we can build that in to the software. So really the, the thing that I look at is, or comes up often, is a unique property that a family has had or owned in their family for many years, like a lake property or a cabin. We have a lot of people that have places up north or in certain areas of the country, and it's just their family place. So they, th- that often comes up in conversation, and we always kind of go back to estate planning for that. And what's the ultimate disposition? Because it's very often that people aren't considering the ramifications of not having it titled properly or not having proper understanding of what is going to happen with, with the property eventually. So Karen, I know, you know we're very big on bringing in family members into some of those discussions and making sure that if our clients have an idea of what they want to see happen, that the other people involved are on board with the decision so that they can kind of understand what might be in the future for them. And um, I, we have that situation in, in our family with a family cabin up North, you know, you go on to generation to generation, how does it become managed? Who's going to be in charge of it? And do people want to be in charge of it? You know, Jamie, that whole idea of, of the house and any other types of property to really understand what happens if you get sick, what happens if you die. And so often people, as you mentioned, they want to go and buy another property or they want to buy a house right now or a condo and they'll say, I'm paying it off. Well, right now the interest rates are so low that it almost doesn't make sense to pay it off. But People have been conditioned to believe that that's the, that's the best thing to do. Pay off the roof over your head. But the reality is, if you're not going to be passing that house to your children, particularly if you are single, why pay off the house? Why not have that money as a cash flow for you? And in some situations, you can deduct the interest. So it's really looking at your specific situation. There is no one size that fits all. And then once you have all the facts to make the decision, what works best for you? So right now, buying a new house may not make 
it may not make sense to pay it off because as I said, you can't eat your house. That's right. Karen, you know, you mentioned something that many people bring up often is, you know, I have this mortgage on my property. I could pay it off. Should I? And it's great to know that they could or have the capability to write a check, be done with it. But it really comes down to opportunity cost. You know, as we develop our portfolios for our clients and manage them, we do want to make sure that they're keeping their different types of accounts from a taxable, tax-free and tax-deferred standpoint in perspective and preserving some of their their taxable assets in the sense of being able to let them perform in the market while they can be paying a two and a half or maybe under 3% interest rate really provides a large amount of opportunity for them to manage their debt. And quite frankly, so many people today, they take out a 30-year mortgage and they may not have any intention of staying there for any longer than five or 10 years. So you really have to keep that in perspective too, because there are other types of ways to plan around that too. Well, this is such a great conversation. We have to take a break. We only have about seven or eight minutes left. And in that time frame, I want to talk about home equity lines of credit. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder of the Ellenbecker Investment Group. My guest today is Jamie Williams. Jamie is a wealth manager for Ellenbecker Investment Group, and we've been talking about homes and mortgages and lending and all of the things that are really important. So often we think about the other things, our savings and our investments and our stocks, but we really don't consider our home an investment. We kind of look at it as peace of mind. But in truth, um, our homes are truly an investment and determining how you want to use that investment in your future planning is really important. And one of the areas that I encourage my clients almost across the board is to have a home equity line of credit. It's called a HELOC. And the reason that's important is because so many of our clients who are in that retirement phase of their life are over 60 years old. And they have um, had the opportunity in many cases through their work to invest in their 401ks and and all of the different investments, um, retirement vehicles, and they're tax deferred. And one of the things that happens very often and specifically is that someone wants to retire and they have that large retirement account but they forget that every single dollar that comes out is taxed as ordinary income. The more you take, the more you pay. And the way we start to look at our clients' portfolios is we divide it up into taxable, which is your savings account and any interest you're earning on investments, your tax-free, which would be maybe tax-free bonds, or your Roth IRA, and tax-deferred. And most people at our age, my age, did not have the opportunity to have a third, a third in each one of those. In fact, it almost always tends to be more in the tax deferred. And so there's often this time period where they want to retire, but they don't want to get at their Social Security till age 70 because at this point it's earning 8% or they have other income coming in and they're thinking, well, I can take some money out of my IRA. Well, that might be true, but what if 
during that time frame, you're taking out as much as you can to keep your taxes lower and you have an emergency and you have to take out a larger sum out of your retirement account. Now you're stuck paying higher taxes on everything you've taken out. Unless, of course, you have a home equity line of credit where you can tap into that home equity line of credit for the emergency and think of it as an emergency fund. And then you can pay that back in another tax year, maybe the following tax year. So it gives so much flexibility. And I look at it as an emergency fund, not as something that you use just to be spending money on. You may want to do home improvements. You may want to do other things, but it is something to consider. And I know Jamie, that you are working with people all the time with different resources to find the best possibility for setting something like that up. Okay, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting because the concept of a line of credit was pretty new to me when I started in my early years of banking. And, you know, implementing those used to be pretty straightforward in the sense that you could get them done quickly. They were an access to the equity in your home to be able to do a range of different things could be from landscaping to paying for college. Um, but really what, what we want to understand is that how is it going to be used? How does it tie into the bigger picture? Where will this lead us in the shorter long term, right? So if, uh, if someone's going to need, as you mentioned, something for an emergency, it would definitely be the right thing to have. In fact, the best time to have a line of credit in place is when you don't need it. Because typically when you need it, it's too late. You have to tap other resources, take money out of an IRA, you know, things of that nature. But if you have an established line of credit in place, it should be available to you to use for a good amount of time. Usually banks are doing these things now for five or 10 years before you have to renew them. And Jamie, I would say that it makes most sense to do it while you're still working and you have income coming in. That is a very good point. We have so many people that are within a year or two of retirement and they, they don't want to take on any type of lending or loan. And it's like, do that before you put in your, you know, your intentions to retire, because financially, from an underwriting standpoint, it's so important that you do provide that detail so that it's smooth for you. Chances are you'll still be able to get it done, but you want it to be smooth. And you don't pay for that home equity line of credit unless you use it. Correct. It provides flexibility. And in many cases, the rate is the interest only rate based on an index. And the idea with that type of loan is that you'll use it and pay it back. You never want that to be an evergreen loan where it just sits out there. And for those longer term purchases or capital improvements that you would make, you would definitely want to consider an installment type of loan where there's an amortization or a full type of mortgage. Jamie, thank you for being on the show today and being my guest. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate the experience and the expertise you have in helping our clients to come up with a really good plan around their home. I just wanted to mention that Money Sense airs on Saturdays from 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock and Sundays from 12 to 1 o'clock. And if you really like the show and if you'd like to hear it again or share it, you can go to www.ellenbecker.com. And we have both our Money Sense show on there and various shows in the past that you can listen to. And as always, I hope that I've made a difference in your personal and your financial well-being. Remember, before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen. 
have a really great weekend.